Um, so my title um, is belief is more than a word. Simple. Um, where I got it from was I've been stuck um, looking for scripture and um, verses and chapters on what to believe and how to believe. Um, and so when Pastor Keith asked us on that Friday for a gifting and calling class, I, I kind of already had um, a topic, but that was it. Um, normally I would have like nuggets here and there, but I didn't even have that. And a lot of you all that, that know me or that talk to me afterwards, um, you'll know that I, I, I live by, or I eat off of a lot more nuggets than I do a full meal. Uh, so the, 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 the sermons that come across, I can listen to them, I can take notes on them, I can get them in, but what's gonna hit me the most is that 10 second phrase, is that one little bullet that I get out of it. Um, some messages come across, you might get 50. Some messages come across, you might get two. You know, some messages might come across, you might get 25. But for me, how I live and how I learn and how I teach is off nuggets. Um, a lot of you know that, you know, I, I think I've told you like once or twice before that um, when I was at A&T, Aggie Pride, because I know some people love that. Um, when, I was <laughs> when I was in college, I was, um, I failed physics. Um, it was one of the required courses for, um, for mechanical engineering. And physics, out of all classes, I failed it. I failed it twice, back to back. <laughs> the, the, the bad thing about physics is, you know, you can't, you can't take notes when it's time, when it's, okay, you can't take your notes with you at test time. You have to know the things. So, and I couldn't, I couldn't get them. Um, these long equations, these, you know, it was just a lot at one single time and it was just overwhelming at times. And I failed physics twice, back to back. And you know the one thing that got me through the third time? Me not knowing it. Me stepping up in front of the class, teaching it. I'm teaching it to people, my peers, that failed as well. So the way I got it, the way I learned it, the way it clicked for me, is that I got up there and I taught it, which was horrible. <laughs> you know what, though? I went from an F to an F to a B plus. Physics. Aggie pride. <laughs> so, so that's that's where that's where belief came from. So that's where it all started for me. So a belief, belief is an acceptance that a statement is true, or exists. It's a trust, faith, or confidence for something or someone you believe in. Something or someone you would fight for, or worth defending. That's a belief. For me, my life, my wife, and my house, we have three stones. Two stones that we share openly all the time. Three stones that we live on. First stone, God is it. 
God is it. He has a plan for us. The second stone, I'm ready and I'm willing. Now, sometimes I get a little flack for that because <laughs> I like to be ready. Um, I like to be ready for when someone calls for an emergency. Okay, I'll be there in two minutes. Someone calls me with, hey, I need, okay, give me 20 seconds and I'll be down the street. I like being ready. I like being willing. My third one is my family will always support me no matter what. And I've learned, <laughs> I've learned that my family, whether it's a Dixon or anyone's connected to a big Dixon or my church family will be there ready to support me, good or bad, regardless of the decision that I make, I got support. Um, like I said, you know, when I'm ready and willing, um, sometimes I get, I get heat for it because um, I like to be, I like to watch. I like to watch people. That's why I like being back there. I like to see what's going on with people, and I can catch everything. So when someone has a problem with someone coming through the door, okay, we already got two or three people ready to go already. We see, you know, something on the floor or something out of place, oh, we already got that taken care of. You know, pastors need something, oh, we got that taken care of already. You guys need something. Give me two minutes and I'll be there. I love it. Um, but like I said, sometimes I get too much flack for it, but I don't mind. I don't mind the heat that I get because that thing ain't for me. You know, that, that gift that I'm about to give, it's not for me. It's for you to enjoy, and then you pass it on to somebody else. There was a guy I talked to in a park, you know, on my way uh, to work every day. And uh, I'm going to get him in here. But I keep telling him, what I give to you, don't take me out to lunch. Because keep, he keeps telling me he wants to take me out to lunch. Don't take me out to lunch. Take the next person you see, do something nice for them. You don't know them, you've probably never seen them before. Do something nice for them. Pay it forward type of thing. I can care less about the reward. I should say, I, should, I, should, I care less about your reward. I can care less about, I think I helped to cut down a tree. I don't need anything for that tree. I think uh, people are offering cash or dinners or something to drink. Nah, I'm good. Go do something nice for somebody else. I can care less about your reward. The reward that I want to hear is well done. And Pastor Melanie was telling me that, you know, you could store these things up in heaven. So when it's time for you to come before that gate, all those things are going to be sitting right there waiting for you. The, burn, the, the fire is going to burn most of that through, but guess what's going to be left? The things that you did from a good heart. Man. <laughs> so that's what I'm living for. Those are my beliefs. Um, so everyone, every, everybody has their own personal experience that they dealt, that they dealt with God. And they see, their man, they see him in their own light because of what he's done. For me, I see him, um, I see him with all the names that he has, but I kind of got three extra names for him. And one of them you might laugh about, but it's a personal reason for me. For me, one of them is a crying father. You know, sometimes I see him as a crying father because of the things that we've done, the things that we've done yesterday. 
the things that we've done, you know, last year, the things that we've done in our past to someone else. He's heartbroken because of that thing. You know, he feels, you should have listened to me. You should have did things a little differently. And we didn't. We stayed in our flesh, and we did that thing. The second person that I love about, that I see him as, is that cool uncle or cool brother that you always want to be around. I love God so much that I, it, I think I was telling my wife that if he came down today and said that, okay, all my people are coming with me, I love him so much, I would probably forfeit my seat to someone else just so I can get someone else to go up. So I will let go of my one seat so I can get two people up. So that's me. I'm weird. And I've heard that too. The third person, uh, the, the third thought that when I hear God comes to me is Big Mama. Not saying that he's, you know, male, female because he's one entity. But I see him as the Big Mama because when people hear the word Big Mama, they always think about that loving mother that's always, she's always cooking, first of all. Her house is always warm. I mean, she has her arms open wide every single time you walk through the door. And she has everything you need, regardless of what it is, she has it, except for that peppermint that don't nobody want. <laughs> I'm pretty sure y'all know what that is. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, but those are the three, you know, those are the three thoughts that come to me when I hear God when I hear God is. And no matter what, no matter what storm comes in front of me, no matter what storm comes knocking on, my, on our door, you know, I know God has a plan. I know God has a purpose for that particular storm and why it knocked on my door. So, you know, in point number two, I'm always ready for the storm. And I love the fact that he tests me. You know, Pastor Keith, he corrects me. A lot of people don't Sorry. <laughs> a lot of people don't like correction, but man, I love it. The reason why I'm a I'm going to walk. That's it. I'm just going to walk. So, when I was young, when I was in high school, I was always walking. And I walked and I walked and I walked until I learned how to run because dogs were chasing me. But I walked and walked. So, my thought was as I was walking, I was looking at my feet. I wasn't looking where I was going. I wasn't looking at who was around. I wasn't looking at what was coming. I wasn't looking at what was going. I was looking at my feet. For the longest of time, nobody corrected me. Nobody. So now, when I get to Ayers, I can walk. I can talk. I can look and see who's around. I can see who's coming. I can see who's going. I don't need to look at my feet. So therefore, correction, it helps. It's not gonna hurt you, it's not gonna, it might sting a little bit, but it's okay. It's gonna make you better. Right. It might hurt, but it's gonna make you better. Just like the flu. The flu is gonna hurt for a couple of days, right? It's gonna make you better. So, for whatever storm that knocks on that door, you know, I, I know God has a plan for it. Um, let me give you a, a, a brief story about 
the actual reason how and why we got down here. I was uh, doing architecture, and um, I was enjoying myself. Um, I did it for like five years, and we had a lot of success at it. But for some apparent reason, that bubble burst, and I couldn't get back into it. I couldn't get back into the field the way I wanted to. But I knew that since I graduated from A&T and I had that background, for some apparent reason, I needed to get back to North Carolina. So what we did, what our family did was every single year, we took a family vacation, we came down here. We picked a different city each and every time. So I think it was Greensboro, Asheville, some other city, and then Charlotte was the last one. Um, the last trip that we came down here with, nobody wanted to go home. Nobody. The kids were actually crying the day we, let, we had to check out of the hotel. So that was hard. So we knew right then and there that Charlotte was a place for us. The bad thing about Charlotte being a place for us, I was working at U.S. Bank at the time. I can't say that. But I was working at the bank for the <laughs> I was working at a bank at the time. And <laughs> there was no branches in Charlotte. So therefore, I couldn't transfer. So the only thing I knew was securities. Securities and exchange is the only thing I knew. Stocks and bonds. That was it. So the good thing about that is I looked on our intranet, and I saw a job posting out in Raleigh. And I was like, OK, well, I'm, I'm going to try it. It was, uh, it was securities, but it wasn't securities and exchange. It was just um, IT type of securities. I was like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't want that. So somebody told me about another position in Charlotte that wasn't listed out there. So I applied for it. There were two positions out there. I applied for it on a Tuesday. On a Wednesday, they sent me this long letter saying, no thanks. The next day, no thanks. I mean, normally you'll wait about six or four or five days. <laughs> the next day, they said, no thanks. So I applied again. No, they were like, no, I'm, we're good. Thank you. But the hard part about getting down here was I had that, I had the belief that we had to get here. I had that, I had that, that pulling that we had to get back down here. And we wrote it out on November 30th was the very last day that I was going to hang on to this dream. I was going to hang on to this belief. If I don't hear anything good by November 29 at 1159, we're going to go on and go on with that life and do what we need to do. Man, I tell you, God works on the 12th hour, late night, midnight hour extreme last minute I got that phone call saying you know what Marcus we shot you down twice but are you still willing I was like yeah I am make it so bad we're already packed we're ready to go we moved out of our duplex into a smaller unit boxed up and ready to go before we even got this phone call another good thing about this was We didn't have a place to stay. <laughs> we, 
we're going to move 800 miles to some other state for some other reason with $700, no place to live, and no U-Haul truck. Because we had a lot of stuff, but we gave it to our son, our whole house. So we packed up our Chevy, the blue Chevy. We packed it up with whatever we could, clothes and I think one TV. We packed that thing up and we drove for no apparent reason. I called Kalena and Tori, well I called Kalena, and she is where we stood for I think two or three months, two months. We, st we stayed with them for two months. After that, I was like, you know what, Kalena, I love y'all, I appreciate what y'all did, but we gotta go get our own. <laughs> and I told, we told her that it'll, it'll take about six months to do it, to stay, and they said, okay. Luckily, they said, yeah, we'll take you in. But I was like, nah. We'll do two months. You know, we paid them with some of the bills, and we helped with food and stuff like that, and took care of the kids or helped with the kids. But two months, and we're out, we're out. We got to get our own. We started our new life in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I love it. On that road, when we drove down here, they they gave me a start date. I didn't start on that start date, y'all. I started a month and a half after. Guess what? We ran out of money. Good thing is, they paid me for that time that they said they would until the time that I walked through the door. I got free money, y'all. Well, we got free money, y'all. And it was more, <laughs> it was more than what I was working for in Milwaukee. So it was a bonus just to come down here. I got a pay raise just to move down here. I got another pay raise just to start a month later. Okay. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that's the short, that's the short version. Sorry, y'all, but that's the short version. But um, I even know where I am now. <laughs> but my church family, I mean, you know, regardless of, you know, what we go through, you know, what we deal with in our life, as long as we got God in our corner, he'll make those same things happen for you on a different level, different day. Um, what I liked about Ayers when we first joined <laughs> and after we drove around the city looking for other churches, what I love about Ayers is <laughs> we, we, we actually did. I mean, I think uh, Kalana introduced me. Well, we already knew about the church from when we were up, up north because Kalana was always talking about you. So we already knew about it, and we just had to come visit. And since day one, I knew that Ayers was it. But we, but, but we, still, had to, we still had to vet out other places to see what else was out there. <laughs> yeah, and she wanted, to, she wanted to try something different, but I was like, you know what? Let's come back here. I mean, this is where we belong. And the good thing about this place is it's full of love and it's full of believers. You know, you might not hear it. You might not see it. You might not see them as they walk. But if you talk to them like I talk to them, they're full of believers. They're so full of believers that no matter what, seen or unseen, what you need to happen is going to happen, period. Um, another thing I realized too in, in, in my um, in my time, you know, up north and around unsavory folk, um, they used to 
they used to say things like, um, hope for the best, but expect the worst. And I never quite understood why someone would hope for the best, but expect the worst. Why would you hope to be a millionaire, but expect to be in debt, have collections call, and have all your money taken from you? How would you expect or hope for the best and expect the worst? Expect to get so high yet to come crashing back down. It's hard. And a lot of them, they couldn't get out of that rut. So I had to get myself out of that rut. How I got myself out of that rut? My sister and two words. Expect God. Expect God, period. Every situation that came up, you know, every, every time something happened, expect God. Every time you walk to this building, expect God to touch someone. Expect God to move in a situation for somebody. Expect God works. Expect God works. You know, going to school again, uh, going to school changed my way of thinking how they believed. Um, I used to deal with a program called AutoCAD, which is a, a 3D modeling system. So even this, uh, this pulpit here, we could draw it, but we would have to draw it at different angles. So we would have to draw it, you know, ISO view, front view, negative space view. And those were always hard because you had to draw what you couldn't see, which is you had to believe it was there and then cast out everything else around it until your piece got to where it's supposed to be. Sort of like um, sculptors, how, you, how they do with the ice. They get this huge big block and they have to work with negative space. They have to work, they have to cut off what they don't want, believing what they're leaving is exactly what's in their mind. So AutoCAD had me to think in a different way. AutoCAD had me think more along the lines of problem solving or visual thinking. And that's what I like. I like the visual thinking thing. Um, a lot of times when we're setting up um, like the tabernacle, it was always, okay, well, we, this is our problem. Let's brainstorm on how to fix it. And guess what? We got it. I love it. Th those type of situations, I love sitting in a round table, tossing ideas around. Round table, meaning that rectangle table, someone person's at the head. Round table, nobody's at the head. Everyone is equal. And I love it. But that visual thinking, that problem solving thing, that's more me. But the thing that you have to know is you have to believe that you have the idea. You have to believe that you have part of the solution to a bigger problem. So as long as you got your spoke in that wheel, someone else has another spoke. Someone else has another spoke. Someone else has that socket. You got a wheel. You're rolling now. Um, so even when situations looked bad in our past, I was always thinking, expect God. Um, I was always thinking God has a plan for us for some apparent reason. You know, I had to stand firm that my belief 
and our situation was going to get better. Our testimony is going to come from this particular test. So we had to believe that what we were going through, what we were facing at that point in time, was going to get better. It might sting for a minute. It might show that correction. It's going to get better, though. Every time I stood, you know, in front of you guys for fast week, or every time I stood back there, you know, talking about whatever, I always expected God to come from my heart, through my lips, into your ear. You know, I love the fact that, you know, it was sort of like a test for me. You know, that was my physics test. Every time you came up, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to say it. But you know what? I hope something came through. You know, I hope that I got my point across. I hope that you got your solution. So I love the fact that I get tested. You know, I love the fact that sometimes there's a problem coming up and you talk to me direct. I give you exactly what I have regardless. You know, I always tell you guys, you know, before you start speaking, you give me exactly what the Holy Ghost gives you and everything will be fine. That's the same thing I expect, or the same thing I'm pretty sure you expect out of me. If you come to me with the issue, I'm pretty sure you expect the Holy Ghost to come through me and come to you exactly how it gives it to you, and that's it. Now, I was reading the Bible, and it says that you shouldn't add words to it or take words away from it, because if you do, that ain't God. That's you. If you add, if, if there's a sentence in the Bible that says, come as you are, and if you add, come as you are right now, come as you are after work, that ain't the Bible. That's you. I don't want that. You give me exactly what the Bible says, period. One of the things that um, I had to do was I had to learn how to thank God. I see for change. Um, I, see, I see belief in people. I see them changing their hearts, but also I see change. And I also have to thank God for, for you and your walk. And what you do in your time away from me, I have no clue. But I know you're believing for something. I know you're stressing out over something else. Expect God. And all you got to do is live right there. Everything's taken care of. Everything's taken care of. I believe that God doesn't discriminate. I believe that God isn't picky. I believe that what he did for Abraham, what he did for David, he'll do for me. I should take that back. He won't do for me. He has already done for me. I just got to go get it. Who wants to run? I'm running. <laughs> I'm running to get what I got. So I'm going. Another thing I like to do, um, you got your Bibles. Open them up. Crack open your phone. King James Version. I'm not going to tell you the, the chapter and verse yet, but get to the King James Version. This is funny for me because I was talking, and, you know, the, the book of Mark, um, well, some people call me Mark. So I'm thinking, hey, hey, my name is in the Bible, right? I got a whole chapter. Cool. But some people call me Mark because they can't say cuss. Marcus. But 
found my name in the Bible, y'all. How many of y'all want y'all name not only written in a Bible, but written in that book? I found my name in a Bible. Do you know where it is? Good. Because <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm happy, y'all. Oh, y'all just don't know. I'm happy. But you know why people, a lot of people don't know? Because it's, it's one chapter. It's a very small book. But you know what? That very small book is very important. King James Version is right. Not the new King James, but the King James. KJV. Philemon. Open up Philemon. It starts with the P. Philemon, chapter 1. Oh. It's only one, y'all. Verse 24. Philemon. One, twenty-four. <laughs> Let me open it. <laughs> so, Marcus is in the Bible, y'all. Y'all love it, like I do. Fellow laborer, and look at what I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing here. I'm fellow laboring here. So I love it. I love it. So, so my belief that I'm always willing, I'm always ready, fellow laborer. <laughs> I'm good. So where am I at? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, I say I'm, I'm all over the place now. All right, so so Paul called me a fellow laborer, someone who shares in the grind, someone who's not afraid to get his hands dirty, someone that believes in something with a passion for his present, not his presence, not the gift, but for right now. God does speak to situations, good or bad, but what is he saying right now for you? What is he saying for your prosperity? You know, what is he saying, you know, for your healing? What is he saying for your moving? What belief are you focused on? You know, when my wife was going through cancer, you know, I was telling her, you know, what are you standing on? You know, what are, what, what's going through your brain right now? <laughs> the one thing that the one thing that stood, to, that stood out for me was the one thing that we're believing for that the doctor can't see is healing. The one thing that we're focused on that we couldn't imagine is healing. Stage 4 cancer. The one thing that I'm believing for is total total restoration and that's just me I'm on the outside y'all I mean I'm not I don't have the cancer I don't have I don't have to be stuck I don't have to be going through all these treatments I don't have to take these toxins in to kick this toxin out it ain't me I'm not the one that's got to look up at this nurse with this hazmat suit on and gloves that's about to poke me with this stuff it ain't me. I'm on the outside looking in. But you know, being a caretaker is rough. 
working in that industry is is rough. You got to look at somebody not knowing. It's rough. And it's so rough. And I told her after our last day, I was happy because my belief came true. My baby went through it twice, y'all. My baby went through it twice. The last day of our treatment, we rung this bell. We said goodbye to everybody. I told this one guy, you know what? I'll be back. I'm on the outside looking in, and I know how hard it was. He didn't have anybody. I'm going to be there for you. I never knew what the guy's name was. We just in this one room, sitting around in these chairs, taking it. Well, they're taking in their medicine. I never knew, but he didn't have anybody. But I knew that he needed somebody. I know that he needed someone to actually hold his hand and say, you know what? Just like my wife Wade made it through, you could tell your wife you made it through. So now I got the opportunity to do it again. Two weeks, I got the opportunity to fly up to Wisconsin and actually hold my sister's hand, my sister. She's actually my mother, but she's my sister. She raised me. That's why she's my mother. I get to actually hold her hand and tell her, you know what? God did it twice before. Ain't no reason he can't. Three times, right? Ain't no reason he can do it one more time. Four. I think you're auntie or something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's no, there, there is absolutely no reason why he can't. Just like he did for Abraham. Just like he did for, I, just like he did for everybody else in the Bible. He's going to do it for my sister, Ro. And I, I love the fact that my belief ain't changed. My willingness, my eagerness to race cross country to help somebody 800 miles away. I have no problem with that. And you know what I'm going to do? This ain't going to be the first time. I'm going to find a way to get my butt up there, and I'm going to do it again. So two weeks is my first one. It's going to be fun. I get to hold her hand. I get to allow her to cry on my shoulder. I'm going to definitely cry on her shoulder, but I'm going to tell her, we made it through. We made it through. Not saying that this is what's going to happen, but we know the end. We know the end. We read the back of the book. We know we're going to win. So, for me, uh, my last parting gift, <laughs> my last nugget, um, is just to remind you or to say to you, Lord, thank you. Thank you for everything. Expect God and, Lord, thank you for the words and the thoughts that you've given me in passing. But let these words stay a little longer in my heart. In your heart, you take it with you day by day. You live it out with somebody else. So take these, walk with these, share these with somebody you don't know. That's my time.